Well, we are in week two of our series called AKA God, and I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Those of you who are here in the house, thank you so much for being a part here in the house. I know we have a few people back on the backstage patio. Thank you guys so much for being out there today. And I wanna thank those who are joining us, still joining us online. Thank you guys for staying connected. Why don't we give it up for those who are joining us online this morning. Thank you guys for joining online. Last week, Ben began our series and kind of kicked off this series. This is a series that we've done. I think we did it in 2014 and 2018, and here we are doing it again in 2021. And there are over 80 names of God. And some uh, scholars believe that when combined, there are actually maybe more than 100 names of God. And so it gives us a lot to study. And those names of God can teach us not only about him, but it can teach us how we can live our lives. And last week, Pastor Ben got us started with uh, the fact that God is the light of the world, and specifically Jesus is the light of the world, and we are to be reflectors of that light. I'm so thankful that Ben got us started last week. And one of the stats that he used was an amazing stat, almost hard to believe. And it was this stat, that uh, uh, kids that are four years old, the average four-year-old, ask 73 questions a day. The average four-year-old asks 73 questions a day. And you may hear that, you may think that's impossible unless you have a four-year-old. Then you believe it's possible, right? And I remember that age when our kids were that age. And they do ask a ton of questions at that age. Their minds are always wondering about life and about God. And then we get to this point in our lives, we go from four to 14 to 40, and we get to 14, and you know what? We stop asking questions. We stop asking questions. In our house, it goes usually something like this. Hey, do you have a, you know, get a test tomorrow? And that answer to that question is usually no, yes, no, or I don't know is the most common answer that we have to that question, all right, in our house. And then it's followed up with, if they have a test, can we help you study? And most commonly, the answer to that question is what? No, I got it, right? That's what we say. And parents, we get frustrated because we know they need to study. And then I reflect back to when I was that age, and I did the same thing. We all do the same thing. We stop asking questions, and we stop asking for help. And the name we're going to take a look at today, the name of God we're going to be taking a look at today, is something that for some of you, this may be new information, it may be something that is absolutely brand new. For others of you, you may not have thought about it in a long time. For some of you who have been in church for a long time, our version, especially of Western church, we don't focus on this aspect of God, but this name of God teaches us a lot about his character and a lot about what he does in our lives. And it's often untapped. It's often something we don't think about, but it's often something that we don't consider asking God for. And the name we're going to be taking a look at today is found in Exodus 15. Before we dive in to this name and before we dive into a discussion on Jehovah Rapha, which is the name we're going to be taking a look at today, that God is the God who heals. I want us to take a look at this name Jehovah because you're going to hear it this week and you're going to hear it a little bit next week. The name Jehovah is the name of God as revealed in the scriptures. It's first revealed early on in the scriptures 
and it's often seen in your Bibles spelled several different ways. We might have just uh, the, the uh, uh, letters of the name, the consonants of the name Yahweh, which is Y-A-H-W-H, and you'll see that in your Bible, and you might see it even in bold print. And the reason that's in bold print is because originally when they were writing or saying the name of God, they did it with such reverence that they didn't want to spell out the full name Yahweh. And in fact, if they were talking to the Jewish people, if they were talking about God, they, they treated him with such great reverence that they would often leave silent the name of God. And over time, Yahweh turned into another form of that, the Gaelic form of, of that, which is Jehovah. And it's the one that you might most be familiar with. And it's the one that we're going to be taking a look at this week and next. That when combined with other titles or other names of God can mean different things. But Jehovah is the one true God, the uncreated God. And Yahweh, uh, Jehovah, is just a sim uh, simple, more Germanic, uh, contextualized version of Yahweh. Now, today we're looking at Jehovah, God, the God who heals, Jehovah Rapha. And it's so interesting when you consider Israel, when you consider the nation of Israel, when you consider the Jewish people, I want you to think back for a moment, and a lot of you may know about them crossing the Red Sea. God did an amazing thing by letting 1.7 to 2 million people cross the Red Sea. And they knew that in crossing the Red Sea that God had done a miracle in their midst by delivering them from the disease of slavery. And they were in the disease of slavery for over 400 years, they were enslaved by the Egyptians. They were treated horribly. They were put to work, at, and, and they were put in labor, what essentially are labor camps. And in crossing the Red Sea, God was leading them to their physical promised land, but he was also leading them to their spiritual promised land. And I wonder if you were a part of the nation of Israel, if you were part of the Jewish people at that day and age, at that time, if you wondered, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to go out, we're going to cross over the Red Sea, and God's going to perform a miracle, and in just a week, we're going to be in the promised land. That's what I would have thought. Just like when your family takes a trip somewhere, and you think, we're going to be there in an hour, and you're going from Hilton Head to Omaha, Nebraska. It's going to take longer than an hour. And what we know now is it would take 40 years. And there was this body of water that stood in between where Israel was and where God wanted them to be. And they get three days into this journey. And they have some other form of water that stands in their way. Check it out. Exodus 15, 22 through 27. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. And they went into the wilderness of Shur. This is the beginning of them entering into the Sinai Peninsula. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Imagine what that would be like for that many people for a minute. That many people in the wilderness with no water. They came, verse 23, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore... It was named Mara, and the word Mara means literally the well of bitter water. 
And in this place called Mara, there were probably wells there that they drew from. And when they drew from them, the water was bitter. Now, we've all been in the ocean, and we've all accidentally taken a big gulp of salt water. You're right. You've done that before. You take this big gulp of salt water, and it's shocking, and it's jarring. And somehow you've got this water that you've just taken in, and you want more like regular water. You don't want salt water, and you want more of it than you did before. And I would imagine that the sour water of Mara was way beyond that. It was way beyond that. It might have been something even like compared to vinegar or something like that. And so they take this water, and it's bitter, and it's something that they can't drink. Verse 24 says, And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And at this point in time, Moses is probably saying, Is this how this is going to go? Is this how this is going to go? Because it's like the kids in the back seat going, can we stop at the next exit? We're hungry and we're thirsty. Can we go to Chick-fil-A? We want to go to Chick-fil-A. What shall we drink? We don't have anything. There's nothing in the car, mom and dad. We need to stop and we need to go somewhere. Verse 25, and he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water. And the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. I wanted to come back to that in a moment. A statute and a rule. And there he tested them. Saying. And I want you to pay very close attention. This is our key verse today. For this first part of the message. He said this. If. If. I want you to say that word with me. If. If. You will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God. And do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the disease on you that I put on the Egyptians. Remember that they had had all the different plagues. For I am the Lord your, say it with me, healer. And that's when he uses this word to describe himself. Jehovah Rapha, or Jehovah Rafi. Then they came, and I think this is an important verse 27, because God fulfills his promise. They, then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water. Remember, they're in the desert. 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. Now, for the nation of Israel, for the second time in a very short period of time, water stood in between where they were and where God wanted them to be. And I just want to start today by asking you, what is it that's standing between where you are right now and where God wants you to be? Because I know one thing about this life. Jesus promised us that we would have trouble. Jesus promised us that we would have trials and tribulation. And I am sure that there's some part of your life where you've got a barrier. You have a challenge. You have this, this big thing that exists that seems impossible between where you are and where God wants you to be. And it might take you four days, or it might be like the nation of Israel. It might be 40 years. But today, as we consider the God who heals, I want you to consider that he is the God of your greatest challenge. 
He's the God of my greatest challenge. He's the God that can heal whatever it is that we are facing. Now here in the Old Testament in Exodus 15 verse 26, we see that the healing that God will provide is conditional, right? It's an if-then statement. If you will do this, then I will provide this. There are certain things in Scripture that are conditional, and Jesus changed that because when Jesus came upon someone who needed heals, healed, he healed them unconditionally. But I wonder if the thing that's standing in between where you are today and where God wants you to be, I wonder, just, just go with me for just a moment. I want you to consider that perhaps... There's something for you to do. Or perhaps there's something that you have done. Or perhaps there's a thing that you are currently involved in that is the thing that stands in your way. That's not true of every healing, I understand. But I know in my life, there have been moments in my life where I know that I haven't put in the work I have given God all of my junk except this one little area of my life. And I'm reluctant to hand that over to him. I've confessed all of my sins except for maybe these few that are just kind of like existing underneath the surface. And I wonder if the healing that maybe you need in your life is going to be something that's based on you giving up that one thing that you've been holding back to God. He says, if, in verse 26, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and then do, so he wants us to listen to his voice. He wants us to do what's right in his eyes. He wants us to give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. And if I'm really truthful with you, the things that I'm dealing with that stand between me and God, 90% of the time as I begin to ask God for healing in this area or ask God for resolution in this area, he reveals something in my life that I haven't given up to him yet. Maybe the thing that's standing between you where God wants you to be is something that you've been involved in placing in your life. And he's saying, just bring it to me. Don't be ashamed anymore. Be confident in the grace that I've given you. God's promise to heal, it can be conditional. Maybe there's some move that you need to make before he is going to heal you. God is the God of physical healing. We see it in 2 Kings 5.10. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Jehovah Rapha has, I want you to hear this church, he has the power to heal us physically. He has the power to heal us physically. But sometimes that's the only realm that we think of healing taking place. God is so much bigger than just physical healing. Jehovah Rapha not only helps us physically, he doesn't all, just have the power to heal us physically, but he also has the power to heal us emotionally. Psalm 34, verse 18, the psalmist cries out to God and says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves 
the crushed in spirit. That's Jehovah Rapha having the power to heal us emotionally. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you came in today sick and tired of the last year and a half of life? You're emotionally done, worn out. I was there a year ago and thought, man, it's going to be great until the fall, like when the fall rolls around and we're past COVID. I mean, I'm the one, I think, that said to everybody, this will be over in two weeks, back in March of last year, because I wanted it to be over in two weeks. I'm sure just like the nation of Israel wanted to be in the promised land in 14 days. Man, some of us need power of Jehovah Rapha to heal us emotionally and likewise mental healing when Daniel uh, was dealing with King Nebuchadnezzar and King Nebuchadnezzar had had gone what we would call insane mentally and look what happens to King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the days Daniel 4:34 I Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven and as soon as he did that my reason he says returned to me Jehovah Rapha has the power to heal us mentally. He has the power also to heal us spiritually. Psalm 102, verse 2 and 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities. That's a fancy word for sin. Who heals all of your disease. And God is first and foremost the God of spiritual healing. Jehovah Rapha is in the business of healing us spiritually. That's what he did by sending Jesus to the cross to die for our sins so that you and I, if we put our faith in, in his death and resurrection, we can be healed from our sins. That is spiritual healing and spend eternity with God one day. And my prayer and hope for those of you who may be skeptical of Jehovah Rapha and skeptical of God and Jesus, my hope and my prayer is, is that you would put your trust in him to provide spiritual healing. Jesus was also called the great physician. And he continued the work of healing. And I want to take a look at, at one very, very focused thing. Jesus is, is Jehovah Rapha in that he is the great physician. He he's, talks about healing. Matthew talked about healing. Uh, Mark talked about healing. But I want to skip down to John chapter 5. And this is probably one of my favorite moments when Jesus performs a miracle because the circumstances surrounding this miracle you can see that Jesus was involved in dealing with something that was an impossible situation I'm going to have you raise your hands this morning on this one how many of you have ever faced an impossible situation I'm raising both of my hands all right we've all faced an impossible situation but I want you to take a look at the impossible situation that the man in John 5 1 through 9 faced check this out after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these, uh, in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind and lame and paralyzed. Verse 5 says, one man was there who had been an invalid for, say it with me, 38 years. He had been an invalid for 38 years. Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? 
Now, can we just stop for a second and agree on something? Is that kind of a crazy question for Jesus to ask a man who has been there for 38 years or has been an invalid for 38 years? It's okay to say that. Seems like a crazy question in church. It's okay. You're not doing anything wrong. Because it is, right? Of course he wants to be healed, right? Of course he wants to be healed. But church, I want you to hear that in that moment, Jesus was asking to check his heart. He wanted to find out, do you really want to really be healed? And I wonder for some of you, if Jesus is asking you that question, do you really want to be healed? Do you want it so much that, like, there's nothing else but Jesus? There's nothing else but God, Jehovah, Rapha, that you're going to put your trust in? I think that Jesus was asking that question to make sure that the man understood, that he understood, that Jesus had the power to be healed, and he was about ready to. Verse 7 says, the sick man answered him, sir, I have, this just breaks my heart, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and that's what they believed that they would receive healing when they went into the water of this pool of Bethesda when it was stirred up. And while I'm going down, another steps in front of me or before me. This man wanted to be healed so bad, and he would get down to near where that pool was when the water was stirred up. And the way I picture it is someone else with a lesser disease probably jumped in front of him and said, there's really no chance, but there's a chance that I can receive healing. How sad. For so long to be laying there, probably in the dirt, probably desiring so much to get in that pool, and someone cuts in in front of him. He says, I have no one to go down before me. Jesus said to him, verse 8, here's where it really gets great. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once, at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed, and he walked. In an instant, the great physician healed this man who for 38 years had been an invalid. See, here's the problem, church. Here's the problem, Christ follower, is that you and I, we deal in the realm of the world. We deal in the realm of just medicine. By the way, I'm not saying don't trust medicine. I'm not saying don't trust science, okay? Don't stop taking your medication because Pastor Todd said so, right? I'm just saying that the power of the world is limited. The power of the world is limited, but the power of our God is unlimited. The power of our God is unlimited, and God Jehovah Rapha is the God of the impossible. He is the God of the impossible. The challenge for us is, is that we deal in what we can conceive or what is probable. We deal in, in what is probable, so we struggle to believe God for God 
who is the God of the impossible. Because we deal with what's probable and we deal with what is possible. Experts tell us that there's no way that this can happen. And so we believe them more than we believe God. We believe in what science tells us. We believe in what's credible. And so therefore we don't trust God. We believe what's conceivable and therefore We don't believe the God of the impossible. And I want you to hear today that our God is the God of what is impossible. He is the God who deals in the areas that we cannot make up in our minds. And I know what many of you are thinking. Then why does God not heal every sickness? Why did we have to last so long with COVID? Why is it still going on? Why is it still out of control in some places? Why why is my, my family member dealing with cancer even though we've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed? It's because God may choose in his sovereignty not to heal us. But when we ask him to heal, we're expressing our faith that Jehovah Rapha can heal us. You see, we sometimes think that his sovereignty and his powerful ability, we sometimes think that they can't exist together, and they can't. They're not mutually exclusive. We can believe in his powerful sovereignty and his ability at the same time, and because that's true, therefore we can ask fully believing that God has a power to heal, but at the same time fully trusting him for the future. We can ask God fully believing and knowing that he has the power to heal, but at the same time fully trusting him with whatever our future is because we believe he is sovereign. You see, God's sovereignty and Jehovah Rapha go hand in hand. It was easy to teach on this all through the years until I had to deal with it personally in 2015. And my mom got sick with cancer, a cancer that had returned from 12 years prior. I mean, this was so far in, our, in the back of our minds, we didn't even think about it. And at 67, we got the diagnosis in January, and by March, she had passed away. And it broke my heart. It broke our family's heart. It was so hard, and I still have moments today where it just breaks my heart. But you know, I believe that God could have healed her on this side of heaven, but for whatever reason, he chose not to, but he chose to heal her in a different way because today she is with him because of her faith in him in heaven, and she is perfect, and she didn't have to deal with any of the junk of the last year and a half. And let me tell you, Susan Cullen would have hated COVID-19 more than any other person I know. She worried about everything. My mom was the type of person, was no, there was an ice storm in Atlanta, all the tubs were filled with water. I, I never understood that, but that's what she did. She worried and worried and worried, and I have thanked God over and over and over again that she didn't have to live through this. That's where the power of God's sovereignty and the power of Jehovah being the one who heals lines up. And it's hard and it doesn't always make sense. We have to trust that he is in charge. And so today...
whatever that thing is that maybe you've identified that's standing between where you are now and where God wants you to be, I'm going to challenge you today to do what 14-year-olds and 40-something-year-olds can't do, and that is to simply ask God to heal you. I'm going to ask you to ask God for the miracle of your impossible situation. The way this fleshes out in the church, James addresses it in the first church, and we as a church continue this tradition so many years later in 2021. And we've, we've done this for years, the whole length of our church, but we've never really talked much about it publicly, and we're going to be talking about it now, and we're going to be talking about it again in August. And James writes this, if any of anyone among you is suffering, are you suffering right now? If you're watching online, are you suffering? Are you suffering in this room? You know what he says? He says, let him pray. Let him pray. Let him pray. I'm going I'm to insert the word ask there. Let him ask. Let him ask. I want you to ask God to handle your suffering. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing praise. If anyone is among you is sick, verse 14 says, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So I want to close today by asking you, what part of your life needs healing? You've seen today that God is Jehovah Rapha and that he has the power to heal. And one of the things that I had to come to, come to terms with was um, if, if God is so powerful that he provided life after death in Jesus, then he has the power to heal me physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually. I mean, that makes sense. If he has that power, then he's got the power to heal. So what part of your life needs healing? And my challenge to you is just to ask God for healing. Is simply to ask him for you to be healed. Whatever that thing is, whatever that area of impossibility is, ask him for healing. Maybe some of you have tried everything else Maybe some of you are frustrated because you haven't received healing yet, but maybe you haven't come forward and asked to be prayed with. And today, we've got a group of people that want to pray with you. We've got a group of people that want to anoint you with oil. We, we practice anointing oil. This is nothing more than just like olive oil. We don't believe there's anything magical or powerful in the oil or us, those of us who put a little oil on your forehead. We believe that this is symbolic of Jehovah Rapha, of the healing power of God in your life. And if you want to be anointed with oil, our elders and some of our uh, Stephen's ministry team members are here, and we want to pray with you. If you're watching live online, if you're joining us that way, and you want to be prayed for right now, um, you can be prayed with in, the, in an online Zoom room. 
uh, I want to encourage you to go to the link that's on the screen, hiltonheadislandcc.org slash prayer. And you can access the Zoom room right there. And we've got people who are waiting to pray for you and with you personally. If you're watching live on Facebook right now, there's a link in the comments section. Just click that link, link and you can access that Zoom link. If you're watching this service at a later time or want to be contacted privately, simply text the word prayer to the number that's shown in the screen and someone will follow up with you. And if you're here in the house today, I want to encourage you during this next song that we're going to sing as a declaration of who God is, I want to encourage you, if you're dealing with something and you want to be prayed with, come forward here under this screen. We've got backstage that we'll take you back and pray with you privately. You can come down here to the cross. Our pastors and elders and Stephen's ministry team members stand ready to pray with you and even anoint you with oil if you feel like you need that because we believe that God is Jehovah Rapha. The God who heals. Receive his healing today. Father, I thank you so much that you are the God who heals. Father, I thank you for those who are here today, either watching or listening or here in the house, who may be dealing with a situation that is impossible. They may be dealing with a physical disease that's impossible. They might be dealing with something emotional or mental, that seems like it's impossible. Father God, I pray that you would lead them to a place where they would have the courage and the conviction to come forward and to have someone pray over them and to simply ask you, the God of healing, to heal their disease. Father, I thank you for those who came forward in the first service, for those who joined on the Zoom room. Father, I pray that you would lead us to a place where we give it to you. If there's anyone in this room or anyone watching or listening who needs to confess of sin, God, that may be keeping them from the promised land in their life. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead them right now to confess that to you, to give that little part of their life up. And Father, whether it's a guarantee or not that they'll receive healing, that they'll receive victory over that area, Father, I pray that they would move forward in faith, that they would take that one faith step and move towards you in that area. Father, I pray that you would allow us who need your healing touch to respond right now during this song. Father, I pray for those who the challenge in their life may be something quite unique to them, a relationship that needs to be restored, forgiveness that needs to be offered, a habit that has been created, a sin that may not be so obvious, a struggle that they've tried everything else. Father, I pray right now the bonds of that slavery and that disease would be broken and that they would give it to you because you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God of healing. We thank you. And right now we cry out to you in this time of response that you are our way maker. You are the one who creates a way for us for healing. Give us the courage to respond right now over these next minutes together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.